0: Hey, thank you for tuning in to our sermon today and all the platforms that you are doing. There is a ton of things that our church is is a part of and doing and inspired by. Um, Go to our site at cccgreeley.org to experience those things and find out things about our church and the things that you also could be doing. Uh, so with that being said, if you enjoyed the content today, click the subscribe button at the b- bottom of this, this f- video and have a great experience as you engage a servant. Happy New Year. It's really good to, to be with you. I, I love this time of year because it gives all of us an opportunity to pause and to reflect on the trajectory of our lives. You know, the start of a new year is just a great time to ask, where am I headed? Where, where am I headed? What is on God's heart for me this coming year? And, and that's a question I love to ask, not only for me personally, but also for us as a church. What is on God's heart for us as a church this coming year? What are the areas in which he wants us to focus on and grow in? And so a few weeks ago in the midst of December, I began to ask the Lord those questions. And I had a specific word that was coming to my mind. It was the word restoration. And I was drawn to this amazing passage in in Isaiah 61 where God talks about how his people will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore The places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I love that. You know, as I as I spent time reading those words and praying into those words, I I really felt my heart getting stirred um, for what I believe God has in store for us in 2024, that his heart is to bring renewal and restoration, especially and even in places that have felt devastated for a long time. And look, we live in a world that is constantly telling us that everything is falling apart, everything is broken and getting worse, and yet we follow a God who throughout Scripture reminds us that His heart is to actually restore what is broken, Jesus is a God of restoration, and he calls us to be a people of restoration. Okay, so, I don't want to get preached too early here, but uh, so while I, that was kind of percolating in my heart, I brought this same question then to our directional team. Um, and so we spent some time in listening prayer at one of our December meetings, just listening to God in prayer about what is on his heart for us as a church. And during that listening time someone on our team had a picture come to their mind that a, a picture of a ladder and, and and they were reminded of the story in Genesis 28 of Jacob and a dream that he had and so after that meeting I began to explore Genesis 28 through the lens of this word restoration and I felt like the Lord began to give clarity to his vision for restoration for us in 2024 and how that restoration can happen, the specific areas that he wants us to focus on. So I wanted to take some time in this first message of the year to share what I believe is on God's heart for us this coming year. And at the heart of it really is this dream that Jacob had. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, feel free to turn to Genesis 28, beginning in verse 10. Verse 10. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. Now, this passage has always fascinated me. There's a huge backstory to, to this that we'll get into a, in a bit, but suffice it to say that Jacob had some relational and character issues <clears throat> that had surfaced in his life, and they caused lots of problems. And so this passage is about Jacob starting a new season in his life. And man, does he need some restoration. Um, his life was kind of a mess. So he sets out on this journey not knowing what is in store for him. And God shows up in a dramatic way, giving Jacob this very specific vision for his future. Jacob lays down to sleep like every other time he's gone to sleep. And yet this time he has a vivid dream that he immediately recognizes as being from God. And in this dream, Jacob sees a stairway that is resting on earth, but the top of which goes to heaven. And on this staircase, the stairway, are angels that are going up and down. Now, this is really significant because angels are messengers of God. They are agents of God's activity. They represent, they represent the things that God is doing. So what Jacob is seeing in this dream is heaven and earth meeting this staircase represents this reality of God's in-breaking presence into our lives on earth. God is breaking into Jacob's situation and circumstances with a power to bring restoration. Now, here's what is so important for us to realize. This dream was not just for Jacob. It is for us as well. So how do we know that? Well, If you jump to the New Testament, John chapter 1, we see Jesus beginning his ministry, and part of that is him being introduced to some people who will later become his disciples. And one of them is a guy named Nathanael, whom Philip introduces to Jesus. And Nathanael is kind of a snarky type, Um, and when he he hears that Jesus comes from this this hick town of Nazareth, Nathanael says, Nazareth, really, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so Philip says, "Well." You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus is referring to Jacob's dream. Nathanael is amazed that Jesus saw him before they ever met. And Jesus responds by saying, you think that was impressive? Just wait. You're going to see Jacob's dream actually come true. You're going to see the inbreaking of God's presence on earth because Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of that dream. I represent in truest form the fullness of God's power and presence, bringing healing and restoration on the earth. See, this is why Jesus constantly talked about the kingdom of God, saying the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is among you, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God represents, this isn't a political thing Jesus was talking about here, that the kingdom of God represents any place, any situation where heaven and earth meet. Any place where God's presence invades something on earth. And again, what happens when the kingdom of God breaks into a situation? Restoration happens. See, the enemy has come to tear down, to disrupt, to decreate. Jesus has come to restore, to bring wholeness and healing, to recreate. And we are in the middle of that. Heaven and earth are meeting. God's kingdom has come through the person of Jesus. His his presence is accessible and active. So as we're beginning this new year, I believe the Lord wants to remind us of this reality. His heart is to bring restoration. His kingdom is here. This, (laughs) This is where heaven and earth meet. So if that is God's heart for us in 2024, how do we more fully enter into that space? What does it look like for us as a church this coming year or this year to open our hearts more fully to the reality of God's presence and the restoration that he wants to bring into our lives? Well, contained within this story in Genesis 28, this passage, there are three specific areas in which I believe God has his finger on. I have three specific areas in which God is inviting us into this place of restoration in 2024. Three vital places where God wants heaven and earth to meet in our lives over the course of this year. Now, as I share these things, remember, this is a, we're talking about a year-long vision, so, so don't, don't get too hung up on, on details, but this is where I believe God wants to take us this year. So the first area that opens a door For heaven and earth to meet is what I'm calling intentional awareness. See, after God gives Jacob this amazing vision and promise, Jacob wakes up from this dream. Check out what he says. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. See, through this dream, Jacob has this huge revelation. He realizes that the Lord is in this place, but Jacob was not aware of it. See, this is not about God showing up. God is already there. This is about Jacob tuning in to God's presence. This is about intentional awareness. This is about Jacob choosing to cultivate in his life an awareness of God's presence with him. Jacob realizes that this experience of God's nearness is actually the key to Jacob living the life that he longs for, the life that God has called him to. See, this is the same principle that Jesus taught over and over again. One of the most powerful descriptions of this is John 15. Check this out. I am the vine, Jesus says, and you're the branches. Here's the key. If you remain in me and I in you, just stay connected to me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, to remain or to abide in Jesus, those are words that are describing an intentional awareness of Jesus. A life in which we are cultivating a continual intimacy with Jesus, with God. Jesus is saying that our flourishing, our fruitfulness, our wholeness as human beings, those things flow out of our connection to Jesus our intentional awareness of his love and his presence and his voice and his nearness. So how are we going to grow in this this coming year, this experience of the awareness of Jesus' presence? Well, we have a specific opportunity that we're going to do as a church. Starting next week, we're going to take eight weeks, and we're going to learn together some core practices that will enable each one of us to grow in this kind of life with Jesus so that we are aware of his presence and are allowing his presence to move in us. See, this is a huge passion of mine. I feel like so many followers of Jesus, they aren't really experiencing him. They're sincere, all that, but they're not really experiencing him. They know him cognitively, but not experientially. And, and this is what led me a few years ago to begin working on some material that would help people actually experience Jesus In real ways. And that material became a class where I taught people some of these principles and these practices that have helped me in my journey with Jesus. And after doing the class a few times, I had a huge desire for our entire church to go through this material so that everyone could experience these practices. And I feel like the best way to do that would be to put this material in in book form with content as well as practical exercises. I I didn't want to just introduce people to information or read information. I wanted people to actually practice these things, to actually experience them. Because that's how we grow, right? That's how we grow. It's not by simply listening to sermons um, and podcasts. It's by actually implementing the principles in our lives. What we practice becomes a permanent part of our lives. Whether we're intentional about that practicing or not, whatever we practice, it becomes a part of our lives permanently. And so I spent a couple of years getting this material in book form, and that that book called The Intimate God finally came out about six weeks ago. And so I am super excited about leading us as a church through this eight-week journey where we're not only going to learn about certain practices, we're actually going to do them. So each week, here's how it's going to work. Each week, starting next week, each week in this journey, I'm going to be teaching on a theme or a practice. And then you will be provided three exercises to do that week to practice these things. Now these books, the books are available as a resource, but if you don't want to buy a book or you're not able to or whatever, that's totally okay. You can listen to the message and then we will provide the exercises for you. Now that all starts next week. I just want to encourage you to consider giving priority to this aspect of your relationship with Jesus by fully engaging in this journey. If you do the practices each week, three exercises each week, if you do that, by the end of this eight weeks journey, you will have already built into your life some core spiritual rhythms that will enable you to continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus over the rest of your life. I mean, talk about changing the trajectory of our lives in a really good way. These next two months could be huge in so many of our lives. I, I really, I can't wait. So feel free in this journey, feel free to grab some friends for this eight weeks, do the journey together. We're encouraging our small groups to do this, our CC Kids and our Loop. Um, kids and our students who will also be focusing on this. So as families, you can talk about and practice these things. There are a lot more details in the newsletter, but again, I can't wait. That's, that's when we're going to start next weekend. Okay, so that's the first area that I believe God is inviting us into this deeper experience of heaven and earth meeting, of restoration. It's in this place of intentional awareness, where we are growing in our intentional awareness of Jesus. Second of restoration that I believe God has his finger on for this coming year is in the area of healthy relationships. <clears throat> See, when heaven and earth meet in places of relational tension and conflict, amazing things can happen. We are living in a cultural moment where this area of relationships and relational health is so important. We desperately need to see God's restoration and his kingdom come into our relationships. And we see a glimpse of this in the story of Jacob. So as I alluded to earlier, Jacob has some relational challenges. The reason Jacob's traveling is not because he's on this cool vacation uh, from work uh, or whatever. The reason he's traveling is because he's fleeing for his life. He is fleeing from his brother Esau, who has vowed to kill him. Why? Because Jacob stole his older brother's firstborn blessing. Jacob deceived his father into giving him the blessing instead of Esau. And Jacob was aided by his mom, so the whole family is pretty dysfunctional. Um, so, So as Jacob is fleeing from this relationally unhealthy situation, that's where he has this dream where God promises to be with him. So when he wakes up from the dream, Jacob then makes this vow. Look at this. Verse 20, then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that, this is important, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God and this stone I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. See, notice as Jacob is fleeing from his brother's threat to kill him, Jacob asks God to help him return safely to his father's household. The only way that could happen is if Esau and him are reconciled in their relationship. That's the only way this could happen. And this is actually what happens years later when Jacob makes his way back to this land and Esau and him are reconciled. See, this is God's heart for us, that our intimacy with him would result in healthy and reconciled relationships with others. Now, one of the reasons this area has especially been on my heart for us in 2024 is because this is a presidential election year. And I remember very clearly how in 2020, relationships were torn apart in the midst of political disagreements. I know of families that were torn apart. I know of churches that were torn apart. It was like the whole political climate began to undermine our relationships in a significant way. And I don't think God was honored in that process. In fact, I know he wasn't honored. Because God's heart is for healthy, loving relationships and for his children to actually lead the way in this. Seriously, we are to lead the way in what it looks like to pursue relational health. And one of the key ways this happens, according to Jesus, is through peacemaking. Peacemaking, here's the heart of God for his people. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, notice, for they will be called children of God. In other words, oh, those people, this is what God looks like. They're peacemakers, This is how people know what God looks like and what God's heart is. They are peacemakers. This is what God is saying. This is what Jesus is saying to us. So as followers of Jesus, we have this unique opportunity to shine the light of Jesus in how we engage with people during this upcoming political season. And listen, it is totally, hear me, it is totally legitimate, it is totally legitimate to have differing opinions. It's totally legitimate to feel very passionately about these things. Totally cool. What is not okay is to allow fear and anger and hatred to fill our hearts so that we stop listening to people with whom we disagree. That is not okay. I believe God is calling us to lead the way in terms of civility and respect, choosing to honor people with whom we disagree politically rather than demonizing them or insisting that if a person doesn't vote the way you vote, they're not a true Christian. Who are any of us to claim that God is on our side in terms of who we're going to vote for. I mean, just look at the candidates we have to choose from, okay? Can we just acknowledge that these decisions are not easy to make and that thoughtful, Christ-loving people can come to different conclusions? Can we remember that our truest and fullest allegiance is to Jesus, First, and second, loving your neighbor as yourself. Again, I don't, I don't have any specifics on this, okay, I, I, other than to put it on our radar, all <laughs> right, for t- this year, as an area in which I believe God wants to bring restoration and he wants his people to lead the way. There's one more area that I believe is on God's heart um, for us in 2024 in terms of how we more fully open our hearts and our lives to God's restorative power, and that is the lordship of Jesus. I've been reminded recently of the fact that if if we wanna be in the middle of where heaven and earth are meeting, where, where God's kingdom is actively at work, our hearts need to be in a place of absolute surrender. God's restorative power is fueled by our willingness to let Jesus be Lord of our lives, including those areas that we like to hang on to. So, what does it look like to truly follow Jesus as Lord in every area—in our time, in our sexuality, in our resources? Well, we see this in a really specific way. It applies more broadly, but I want to start where this passage starts in Jacob's life. So, look at what he says at the end of his vow to God, verse twenty-two. Then the Lord will be my God, and this stone I've set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. See, Jacob has just realized that God is in this place, and that God is inviting him into a relationship where God is God, right? To acknowledge him as God. And that acknowledgement is more than just saying some words, Jacob realizes that if he's going to call God his God, that meant his money needed to be surrendered to God. See, Jacob's like, if I'm following God, then everything I have belongs to God. So Jacob made this decision that whatever income he receives, he was going to give a tenth of that to God, a tithe. Right? And this is, see, this is a practical way to establish Jesus' lordship in a very important area of our lives, our finances. See, this is a practical way to put him first in our finances. It's to decide that whatever income we receive, a lot or little, doesn't matter, whatever income we receive, God gets a certain percentage of the first fruits, not leftovers. He gets paid first. Before our house payment, before our car payment, before our student loan, God receives the first of our income. See, this is what makes the principle of tithing so powerful. And and it it becomes a place where heaven and earth can meet. It's because we're intentionally putting God first in an area that's really difficult to surrender to him. And that is so powerful. (laughs) Spiritually speaking, there is spiritual power in a decision like that. Now, money is just one example. It's just the example from here. But this principle applies to every area of our lives. If we want to see heaven and earth meet, if we want to see God's restorative power at work in us, it begins by us bringing that area, that relationship, that whatever to the Lord and surrendering it to him. Paul says something really powerful in Romans 12, verse 1. He, he says, I'm going to paraphrase here. He, he says that the way to know what God's will is, this is how you can know what the God's will is. The way we can know what God's will is, is for us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. That's how we can know what God's will is. That's where heaven and earth meet. It's when we voluntarily choose to offer every part of our lives to him as Lord. I mean, what a powerful way to begin this year, by by surrendering afresh every area of our lives to him. I'm telling you, look, I'm telling you, as we lean into these three areas, I am fully convinced of this, as we lean into these three areas in terms of intimacy with Jesus and healthy relationships and surrendering to his lordship, I believe we will intentionally and strategically be opening our lives and our hearts to the restorative presence of God in ways we haven't seen before. I mean, our lives, our church, will be a place where we are seeing heaven and earth meeting. And this is what I long for, and I know you do as well, for God's kingdom to come. So so let me make a specific ask. Would you join me in intentionally seeking God for this this coming week? We are starting a three-day fast, Monday morning to Wednesday evening, and I am inviting you, I'm asking you to join me in giving up something important to you. I'm giving up food, um, it could be video games, it could be television, whatever. <clears throat> and here's the deal, you give it up and we take, we're gonna take that desire that we have for that thing that we really enjoy, we're giving that up for three days and we're gonna take that desire and we're gonna direct it towards Jesus in these three days. I'm inviting you, I'm asking you to do that with me. Again, it, it just to fuel what we're talking about here to fuel this in our hearts. So the cool thing is this, this week, we have three specific opportunities to seek God together as a body in the evening, each evening, okay? So Monday evening, we have a gifted speaker named Bill Randall, who is an international leader with Novo um, in the area of healing, and he's gonna be providing training. Monday night, he's gonna be tr- providing training in the area of healing, right in here in this, in this sanctuary at seven o'clock, On Tuesday evening, Pastor Michael and his team are going to be leading us in an evening of worship, right here, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday evening, I want to bring this time, this this fast to a culmination. I'm going to be inviting all of us to an entire church, and all-in prayer time. I'm going to be leading this where we as a church are going to seek God together for his restoration in our lives in our relationships, and in some particular areas globally that need prayer in a big way for restoration. And so I am asking you to join me in seeking God afresh this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Let's learn together, let's worship together, and let's seek God together to bring his restoration in 2024. Amen, (laughs) amen. All right, let's stand as we welcome the Holy Spirit and open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. He's already here, but we wanna take a moment and open our hearts to him. We do this with a simple prayer. It's been prayed for centuries in the church. It's a prayer of come Holy Spirit and all we're doing in that prayer, we're just saying, God, I'm opening my life. I'm opening my heart to you to say anything you want to say to me, to do anything you want to do in me. So Holy Spirit, come. We open our hearts to you right now. Holy Spirit, we open our lives to you. We thank you for the things you're stirring in us towards intimacy with you. Maybe the the things you're wanting to challenge us in. And God, our longing is for We want to be in a place where heaven and earth are meeting. (laughs) We want to be in that place. We want to open our hearts and our lives to you and say yes. So we do that. I just, Lord, I bless the things that you're doing, the things you're speaking to people about. I just have this sense um, before the service, I was seeing a picture in my mind of just like rebar and how rebar goes down deep and it, it like strengthens concrete, right? And that's what I felt. I, I just have a sense that maybe there are some decisions being made right now or maybe you just offered something to the Lord and you may think, ah, it's not a big deal. I think, I think this is a really big deal. I think the Lord is driving some things deeper in us that are gonna bring stability. And we're talking generational impact. We're talking decades impact. I mean, trajectory changing because of this alignment, aligning our hearts and our lives with Him and all that He wants to do. So God, we're praying for that. I pray for that rebar to go deep in our souls, in a a good way, Lord, that brings us stability in our lives and a trajectory to where you're taking us that is one of fruitfulness and strength. So thank you, thank you for that, Lord. God, we wanna continue just to seek you and open our hearts to you as we continue to worship. So I wanna invite you as we're worshiping, Continue to open. If you, maybe you don't wanna sing at some point because the Lord is still speaking to you about things, man, let's just open our hearts and our lives, things the Lord may wanna be bringing to mind during this time. And and if you feel like the Lord is, is doing that with you and you'd like someone to kind of join along with you, I'll come alongside you, just slip out of your seat. We're gonna be worshiping, so it's not gonna be embarrassing or anything. Just come up here. And this is kind of ministry space and we have a couple of intercessors and they'd love to pray with you and they'll just listen They're gonna bless what God's doing and then they're just gonna quiet their heart and if God lays on their heart a word, a prophetic word, that they'll just share that with you and you can test and weigh that. So this is just a ministry space. And I would say too, if you're skilled in prophetic stuff and and maybe you're gonna be sensing something about someone near you where the Lord is just inviting you to bless them and pray into something, man, we just encourage you to do that with sensitivity, so, God, we're, we're just committing this time to you and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And more than anything, God, we're worshiping you. We, we are worshiping you and we, because we love you, God. We love you. Set us free to worship you right now, God. Well, friends, thank you so much for engaging uh, the sermon. You know, I, I don't know about you or, or even you guys, but for me, often I find that when I hear something like that, there's something God's doing in my heart. Now, a lot of times I can kind of process it on my own, but there are some things where I need to just talk to somebody. And we wanna let you know, if that's you, we actually have folks uh, on our website, like if you were to go there and click the chat with us button, uh, literally any time of the day you click that button, there's gonna be somebody on the other end who would love to be able to talk with you, to pray with you, and to get you connected to any resources you need. So if that's you and you just need somebody to kind of walk with you, we would encourage you, head over, get connected, don't walk through life alone. Uh, because we want to be there with you. Uh, But friends, thank you so much for being here, for tuning in. We hope you have a great week.